after a really long break, Let's Talk Shop is back. This podcast is for product businesses where I speak to both retail buyers and brand owners about what it's really like to grow a retail business. My name is Therese and my mission is to help you build and scale a profitable product business through wholesale. And today for my first guest back, I'm joined by Sakina, who's the co-founder of the Somerset Toiletry Co. The business was founded back in 1999 by Roger and Sakina. And over the years, the company has been recognized for many prestigious awards in business and design, including the Queen's Award for Enterprise. The Somerset Toiletry Co. can be found in most UK high streets and garden centres and are now sold in over 50 countries worldwide. And they also run a cafe and a gift shop in Somerset where they're based. And they also give space to a homeless charity called Billy Chip. So hi, Sakina. Welcome to Let's Talk Shop. I am so happy to have you here today. Lovely to be here with you, Therese. Thank you very much. So 24 years in business, that's impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I've kind of grown up in this business. (laughs) Yes, we're really excited about our 25th year where we're doing a number of charity events and a a walk. And um, we've changed a lot over 24 years. We've learned a lot. Uh, We've grown and we're very, very happy to still be here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, through like several recessions by now and, yes. and and everything that's impressive yeah yes I mean and and I think one of the interesting things for us was during the first recession in 2007 2008 we really had to change our business because of that recession and actually it's made us a much more rounded company so I think some of these you know some of these things that come out and of nowhere and whack you you either do or die from them and I'm very pleased to say we did rather than died (laughs) (laughs) well I think that's amazing achievements and and how can you talk a little bit about how it started do you remember what it was like yes so we used to have another company where we manufactured and made products and we franchised so we only did franchise stores and those were, we did that internationally. We got up to about 125 stores and we were, we had a lot of stores in Asia and then in the late nineties, the Asian market collapsed. So some of those stores closed down. It was very clear that was the time to sell that company, but we loved the design and we loved the formulation. So when we started this company, because we sold that company, when we started this company, we decided we were going to concentrate on design and formulating and the sales, which is really what we loved. And we weren't going to manufacture, although we have since in the last few years gone back into manufacture, but we wanted to concentrate on what we felt were our strengths. And was that business also around toiletries and things? Yes, so that was a toiletry company. So essentially, my husband, who you know was sadly died six years ago, but he'd been an entrepreneur for a long time, and he was mainly actually in the computer, um, in computer uh, entertainment. 
so making software products. Previous to that, he was in publishing. So it had been a move, which is a long story about how we got into toiletries. But I, at that point, having had a couple of different careers, um, was an aromatherapist. And so we met and we started this toiletry company together. Um, and we just, he really taught me about m- no matter the cost of a product, making it with great integrity and beauty. And so we've really, we've come to the fore of the market in making products that are, whether they're trendy or traditional or um, kind of wacky, but always making the design and the formulation the core of what you're doing. And then we sell those in the marketplace at very reasonable prices. So we get our customer very much through um, them shopping and liking the product and continuing to buy it and telling their friends. We don't put any money into advertising. So we're able to sell at a very reasonable price for products that if you look at the ingredients and you look at the packaging, you could either compare them to other products that are maybe 10 to 20 pounds more, or um, certainly if I compare the ingredients, I I know that I could sell them in a lot more, but we're very much about wanting these products to be reasonably priced. So our tagline is luxury products at reasonable pricing. That's amazing. And I guess that's very now too. So that carries all the time, right? Yes. All economies. Yes. Yes. So we're, I mean, you know, we do gift products, but we also, we make soaps, we make shower gels, So they are products that everybody needs. And then there's gifting around that. So it can be products that you you give away. But they are products that no matter the economy, people still, whether it's, you know, whether it's using a bar of soap to clean yourself, which we need, or whether it's hand creams and body lotions, which or a, a room fragrance, which maybe is a little bit a little bit of a luxury when the economy's down but you know especially you know we saw that obviously during the pandemic that everybody had to do everything from home so you wanted your house to smell nice you wanted to, your bathroom to smell like a spa you needed to look after your own skin your own hands so yes it, it's something that we can all use at home and what was your first product that you made Oh, you're now 25 years ago. You're really making my memory work here. We no longer, the first product, so this is what happened to us, and this is what I was alluding to before. We went to our first trade show in 1999 with a group of products, and we had a couple of large retail groups from the United States come onto our stand and like what they saw and understood that we had designers and that we designed and they asked us to design for them. So we had started the company thinking we were going to make and distribute our own products. And we ended up essentially for the first nine years, 10 years of our business, really making private label for large retail groups. But when the economy crashed in 
2008 was it yeah I think so that's when I started in industry okay (laughs) so when the economy crashed we realized that we had all of our eggs in a couple of different baskets and of course there were lots of companies going bust unfortunately and they were able to buy product pennies in the dollar so we really looked at what we were doing and it was then that we decided that we had to expand So it was then that we started, we went back to doing our own products as well as doing private label. And that's when we started expanding in the UK as well as in export. So it was a real lesson to us to make sure that, yeah, you've got lots of eggs out there, not just one basket with a few. (laughs) (laughs) So those products that we initially did to answer your question those were sold on to those private, uh, to those large retail groups. And it was really in 2009 that we started two product lines that we still have today, which is our triple A line and our naturally European line. Um, And they're really at different, they're really in different sectors of the market. So our triple A line um, is a very, it's very floral and, it's a very inexpensive line, so we sell almost all the products in there, unless they're gift packs, for four pounds forty-five. Um, for a long, long time, they were three ninety-five, but with the economy in the last few years, we've had to put the price up sadly. And then our naturally European line sells closer; it's around ten pounds. So we have different parts of the market they appeal to. Now, we have lots of other products now, but those two lines have remained. And over the years, we've, you know, we've added product, we've taken some product out, we've changed fragrances. We've still got the core fragrances, but as trends change and as fragrance likes change, we keep up with the times and we add you know, different products in, but we're keeping those same core brands which still sell day in day out I'm very happy to say (laughs) and great price points too yes yeah so we try and you know we have some things up to 20 pounds but if we can try and keep things below 10 or around the 10 to 12 pound mark that's what we try and do to make things really affordable what does the business look like today how many stockists do you have so I couldn't tell you how many but I can tell you that we are in most garden centers in the UK and so we have um, salespeople across Britain in different parts of the country so we'll be in a lot of independent shops in all over the country and a lot of garden centers. And then um, we have a few products and sometimes our AAA will, that will go into some pharmacies. And then we work either with a distributor in various ex- various countries, or we work if there is a department store chain that has quite a lot of shops, then we may work directly with a department store chain or we'll work with a distributor who sell like us into different department stores and gift stores in their country. So, yeah, we're selling to quite a lot of people. Which yes, is... I've met loads. Are you... some of those early customers still with you today? Yeah, a lot of them. Yes, I'm Absolutely. very, I mean, to the point where, because we go to various trade shows in the year, 
Um, it's like seeing old friends now, some of the people yeah. that come to the stand. It's really, really lovely when you're seeing the same people. We're still thrilled whenever we get new customers uh, when they come to the trade show stand, when our salespeople go and visit them. But yeah, seeing all old people that we have long had a relationship with that do feel like old friends, that is a thrill. And being able to talk to them about the changes we've made and what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And that's also been really exciting. You also discussed earlier about the fact that we have opened a storefront and a cafe. And we did that. Actually, we did that. We bought a new property right before COVID and we were preparing it when we were allowed to through COVID and we kept on opening and closing as everybody was allowed to oh, open yes. and close. But that has been a huge thrill for us because it means that we get to meet our customers, you know, the end customer, not just the shop owners now, but we meet the end customers here. Basically, we have our offices upstairs in the cafe and the shop downstairs. So I love going down into the shop and talking to people about about what they like and you know what price points they think are really good for them and just chatting with people it's it's really added a whole new dimension to what we do because we speak directly to our customers and has it changed your product development in truth i think it's our store owners that guide us more in terms of if they see a trend that we haven't seen. Although because we're also working with large retail groups, we get that insight from them. So that's a really nice, it's quite circular that, that we we get insights from different people. So we do get some insights from some of our customers. We do get insights from the shops. We do get insights from the large retail groups. And then, of course, we have people going out into shops and we have people working in export. So we're seeing all sorts of trends happening. Um, And then we work with a great fragrance house that are also on top of the trends in fragrance and essential oils. So, yeah, everything feeds into everything. Yeah. And it every year, and I Quite often, we'll get to the end of a year of developing new product, which we do. We bring out new product twice a year, the bulk being in January, February for the early trade shows. And then we'll often add in a few bits and bobs and then Christmas Christmas items later in the year. And every year I think, oh, what are we going to do next year? We brought out, but it's amazing how every year we often are having to say, we'll have to leave that for next year because we have too many ideas or too many things coming on board you know like we've gotten into quite a few men's and unisex products recently we found actually even a lot of women really love the unisex or the men's products because the fragrances them with them are often have a whole different character than our women's products do and that's become it's really trending these days and how big is the team now So here at the office, we are about 30 people. Um, And then we have a warehouse where everything's shipped out from. Um, And there we have 12 people. And then we have a soap factory. So we opened a soap manufacturing uh, factory three years ago. 
Um, and that changes with the season. So we probably have a core of about 15 people in there, but we hire agency staff throughout the year when we have, especially leading up to Christmas. Last time we had a summer party about, about four weeks ago, I think there were, we rented a boat and I think there were about 65 of us on the boat. Oh, wow. Because we also have salespeople who are out on the ground yeah. and yeah. And, yeah. and how's your role changed throughout the years? Like, because I guess you started as a bit of a creative since you had that aromatherapy background. Well, yes. So when it was my husband and I, he was very much, he, he, he loves, he loved business and he loved sales, but he also loved the creative side of things. And I very much looked after people and personnel and looked after, I also worked with him on new product development and looking at the formulations because of adding in ingredients that um, are active ingredients as well as essential oils. And then sadly, when he died, I ended up running the business, but knew that for me, the creative side of things was much more my strength. And I hired after two years, I hired a CEO, Brett, who's brilliant, who's been in the industry for years. So I was able to go back to what I did. And recently, my eldest son has joined, having worked out for a couple of companies before coming here. And it's for me, it's back to being a family business you know, because I'm getting a bit long in the tooth now, but he's <laughs> taking over some of the things that I he works with me on um, product development and uh, with a couple of designers that we, you know, we have eight different designers who were, and then art workers. So we're working with all of them all the time. But yeah, he he's dabbling his feet into all different aspects of the company from sales to production to um, new product development. So he gets a feel for the whole company. Um, but that's allowed me to go back to my love, which is product development and ingredients and kind of just, you know, chatting to all, all the people that work here. Cause what, do the we, more fun things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they're the more fun things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's everybody's cup of tea. Cause yeah. I guess if you're a numbers person, this would not yeah. be your thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love that side. And we have such a dedicated, wonderful team, whether it's in the soap factory, in the warehouse, here. We have a really nice group of people. And I just think that makes all the difference in a company. Everybody's working to the same goal. Everybody gets excited when we have new products launching. I, I like it. I think it's a really <laughs> lovely company. <laughs> well, I, it sounds great yeah. <laughs> what kind of advice would you give someone that is starting in the industry now so the industry is quite different now than it was 24 years ago because legislation has become much stricter um, legislation changes more often since we Brexited, there's all sorts of things now that we have to do that we didn't have to do before, i.e. there was a portal that you put all your products on in Europe. Now we have to do it in England, in, in Britain, as well as in Europe. There is a lot more 
Yeah, there's a lot more legislation. So you have to be prepared for that. It's all well and good. I used I used to say you need to have passion and you need to have drive and you need to be willing to work all the hours that you can. And you need, you know, like in the early days, my house was used as collateral for the company. So you need to be yeah. able to, you also now need to have somebody that understands all the legislation which we, of course, there used to be legislation, but it's gotten tighter and tighter and more controlling and it's grown and grown and it changes so much more. So you do need to be prepared for that. But, you know, it is the same old thing. It needs to be products you love and you do want to love dealing with people because ultimately it is a people business. You're constantly making relationships with other people for them to, you know, it's, it's... such a thrill when people will take some of their space in a shop and dedicate it to us. So you want those products to sell through. So you you do need to have a feel for what the market is looking for. That would be the thing that's changed. It's not just the passion, but it's also understanding all the legalities that go with that now. I found that a lot of my clients that are smaller say candle makers I use candles because they're so popular now yeah but because of the whole Brexit thing it's become really hard it's yes. one thing if you have a team and you can keep on top of it but to to export fragrances into Europe has become much harder uh, than it ev- used to be <laughs> everything has become harder the paperwork trail now is crazy the cost of shipping is crazy So I feel very lucky that we did start 24 years ago because I wonder if in those first 10 years when we did a lot of export in those first 10 years before we really concentrated in growing our UK market, you know, would we have survived what's gone on in the last six years? I don't know if we would have. So it has become a more difficult playing field for business and oh well I still to this day hope that we reverse that one day I hope that we return (laughs) to the European Union because life was just much easier when you know the border was open most businesses would tell you the same thing and I think sadly you know even those people years ago that wanted to brexit i think a lot of those have realized just how much more expensive it's you know just food in the supermarkets yeah it it everything is so much more expensive now because there's not open borders and the food growers you know like the ingredients growers in europe if they can sell to europe and not have to deal with the cost of shipping and the delays in shipping and the hassle of shipping and the paperwork of shipping, they're always going to choose somebody in Europe to ship to rather than the UK. And they're going to charge us for it when, when you know, we do bring things in. So, yes, it has not been easy. But, and sadly, you know, we've seen quite a lot of people on the high streets close down. We've seen quite a lot of companies close down. So... I do hope that things open up again. I'm with you on that completely. <laughs> How's this year been so far in terms of business? Has there been a shift in spending or what people I, are investing? I, it's very interesting. Last year, post-Brexit, we went 
crazy. It was really, really, really busy. Um, we had a really great year. And although we'll do almost the same this year, I think it's been more of a people are being more conservative with what they spend. When we go to trade shows, people are ordering later and later. If you can do a Christmas product that doesn't look absolutely Christmas so that it can still be sold after Christmas, there's more of those sorts of things being sold because every, nobody really knows what is going on in the market at the moment. You know, the, mm-hmm. with, obviously with interest rate rises and lots of people closing down and business rates being quite expensive, everybody's having to be very, very careful. And I think the people potentially that are not having to deal with it quite as much are places like garden centers, which are out of the cities and they don't have the rates that inner city shops have to pay and where people can go and park for free. I think they're still doing very well. But, you know, some of the high streets, I'm sure things like ULES is going to change you know, whether there's an argument for both, isn't there? Of course, you want yeah. clean air, but then you've got businesses. If they don't have the people driving to see them, how are they going to survive? So the world in all sorts of ways, whether it's the economy or whether it's um, the environmental issues, it is a very changing landscape. And we're we're putting more and more of our energy into becoming more environmentally sound, which is why we um, opened a manufacturing facility here so that it's on the doorstep and we're not having to ship from another country here or from the other side of the country to our office in order to send product out. We've gotten rid of a lot of plastics and we are trying very hard to become as environmentally sound as we can. But all of that costs money. And as you're changing packaging, as you're, you know, for example, our soap base that we use, it comes only from Papua New Guinea or the Solomon Islands because there, there's no orangutans and there's no endangered species. So you can grow palm, which is a really great ingredient in a soap. And it gets a lot of bad rap because everybody's growing it. And we're unfortunately ruining the habitats for a lot of animals, but we only get it from Papua New Guinea and the Solomon Islands. And that also comes where farmers there get a, um, they're part of a cooperative. So they get proper money for what they're selling. So we're not endangering animals. We're giving people in a couple of countries that really have very little, they're getting money. And when you see the farmers there as opposed to farmers who are providing palm where there isn't a cooperative, you know, those are the sorts of decisions we try and make. It ends up costing us more money, but we feel that they're the right decisions to make. So we're constantly wrestling with trying to do the right thing and also trying to make sure our products are still really well priced. And that's, that's a constant. A tricky one. Yeah, that is really a tricky one. <laughs> so yeah, when we had to put our our AAA line up by fifty p, we'd had it at that price for so long. But you just at some point realize you're just not. You know, we have to make money to play our employees and to kin- continue doing the things we're doing. So those are the decisions you make, and that's the economy we're living in. And I think, you know, with 
the environmental changes, that's probably going to get worse for a little while um, as we switch from fossil fuels to wind power and all the other things that we're trying to do to make sure that we're looking after our environment. So, yeah, business, you think you've gotten to a point where you go, actually, we've been around for a long time. We're in a lot of stores now where, you know, your heart isn't racing all the time. (laughs) Are they going to take my house away? And you get to that point, but there's constant challenges and you really do have to love a challenge. You really have to know that if you're in business, it's never an easy ride. There's always going to be things coming up. If you're going to stay in business, you have to still continue to enjoy those challenges. Absolutely. And and when you did put the prices up by 50p. Yes. And, you know, obviously for good reasons. Yes. What, how was that met by your retailers? Our retails actually didn't blink because everybody was putting their prices up and we had waited longer to put our pricing up and a 50p price rise was actually quite nominal compared to some of the price rises they were having now for the end consumer it's hard for us to say we haven't seen a dip in sales but i imagine for some of those consumers 50p makes a difference and of course yeah we don't like that we want people to be able to afford our products but, you know, yeah, we have to be able to afford to stay in business. And a lot of people are relying on income from your being from your employment. Too, yes, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, can you share any big or small wins that you had this year? Well, I could certainly say during COVID times, we had a big win because we were in the garden centres, which didn't get closed down. Oh, um, And our internet sales went mad, even though lots of other parts of the business went down. This year, some of the wins, I think I said to you, we were doing more and more men's and unisex products, and those have gone really, really well. For me, you know, our 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 teams just get better and better and better whether it's in marketing or everybody somehow gets better and better. And for me, a big win this year has been my son joining and because he's doing product development, you've got me who's at the older, at an older age creating product for an older. I mean, I, I try to create product for younger people, but I'm, I'm not a younger person. So my <laughs> son has come in and he's in his twenties and he's looking at, products that younger people want so I think for us it's got we've got a much more rounded offering I think opening the manufacturing which really came it came on board last year but last year you know when you're first starting manufacturing you have a year often or could be longer or shorter where you're you're sorting all the problems out and this year we've sorted those problems out and we're thrilled to have found this soap base so that's been a big win for us, actually doing some of our own manufacture. June was a win because it had great weather. July's been horrible because of the yeah. dreadful weather. <laughs> the garden centres can't have been as busy in July as June. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I really think that the, um, you know, the, the high street has suffered from that. People yeah. not wanting to go out, people not buying summer clothing. So weather is funny. You know, we're in England. We talk about the weather a lot. But weather <laughs> does play a part in how much people shop. Yeah. So if you put that on top of the economy, 
yeah, it's been, I think it's been a tricky summer for a lot of people. And what about future plans? What's next for the business? Future plans. So we're now in a pub, which is a converted pub. And we have two and a half acres here. So we've got a whole plan for building and expanding our offices and expanding our own retail and expanding our cafe. We're right in the middle of the countryside, which is lovely for our creativity and smelling the seasons and thinking about what fragrances and essential oils go into things. There's not a lot around here. So we're actually wanting to expand what we can offer our customers who are close to where we are. So yeah, we've got a lot of building plans in the future. We're expanding our soap manufacturing. I could imagine us perhaps manufacturing a couple of other things coming up in the next few years. But we we don't want to manufacture so much that it takes away from our other strengths. Yeah. But we see that we could probably do some of some other items. So yeah, those are the sorts of things. It will be expanding our product range, but really expanding what we've got here in Somerset. That's exciting. It is. We'll become like a proper destination for people. I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing about your business journey and um, if listeners want to find out more about your business and buy your products, where can they find you? Online, we're the Somerset Toiletry Co.co.uk. Instagram, the Somerset Toiletry Company. Our cafe is the Soap Bar Cafe. And then we are in most, uh, most garden centres, lots of shops on the high street. So our product lines are naturally European, AAA, Sandalwood Country Club. There's so many others. But if you see them online, I think people would start recognizing them and seeing them in shops as well. I'm sure you would. I, I, I'm sure of it. <laughs> and of course, you can go to the show notes when you're listening to this and you can find all the links there as well. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.